My name is Bobby. I'm a paramedic with 27 years of experience in EMS and fire. And my name is Jason, and I'm a retired paramedic with 20 years experience in EMS and fire. And together we're paramedics unscripted. On this show, everything is on the table. We'll talk about burnout in the business, calling 911 for non-emergency reasons, Holly Pharmacy, frequent flyers, the current housing market, the financial system, BS doctor office visits, or anything else we want to, all from a paramedic's point of view. And why? Because we're paramedics. Unscripted. Welcome back into Paramax Unscripted. I'm your co-host, Jason. I'm here with my co-host, Bobby, for episode number 39. How you doing, brother? Happy almost Halloween, bro. Yeah, right on, man. It's coming around the corner. My All the little kids are out getting their little candies and shit. Yeah, most important, though, they better be wearing a costume. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you can always put a trash bag on and say you're raising that. That's what I used to do. No, that's no. unacceptable. You wouldn't give candy for that? No. What? Oh, here, here you go. This is my pet peeve, and I want to know your pet peeve, or if you agree with this. I'm kidding. I still give candy. What, what is your thing about leaving candy bowls out? As, a, as the homeowner, would you leave a candy bowl out to, you know, pick one, be honest kind of thing? Um, I'm kind of halfsies on that because uh, I'm that guy that likes to, yeah, I said halfsies. Yeah. Um, I'm that guy that likes to dress up and scare the shit out of the kids, you know, and okay. maybe some parents too, you know, because sometimes the parents probably get pissed off nowadays. But no, uh, there's been plenty of times where, because we have dogs, um, where we've left candy bowls out front so they can, you know, my wife would always like set it, this massive bowl out there with candy and she'd have a little sign that says one piece per person. And then someone dumps it. No, it's, uh, that's the weird thing because at the, come the end of the night, it's like, fuck man, why is all this candy left over? Shit. Now I'm going to eat it. Yeah. My wife is like, you know? I'm anti that. I do yeah. not believe. I don't trust the people to do the right thing. Um, and there's always like one that ruins it for everybody kind of thing. Sure. So I, I don't like doing that. I like to, I actually enjoy staying home and doing the candy. Like when my daughter was little, my wife would go out with my daughter, you know, trick or treating and stuff. And I would stay home and give all, cause I love seeing all the costumes and all the people. It's kind of fun. And, yeah. uh, but I don't, but what last year we had to do, uh, I don't remember why I, I want to say maybe it was my daughter had a game or so. I don't remember something. We couldn't be there for Halloween. I don't remember what it was. So we left the, you know, my wife's like, leave the bowl out. And I'm like, no, they're just going to dump it. And then she's like, well, no, see, they won't. They're great. So we did it. Well, anyway, we did her thing. Of course, wife rules. You know, well, too many people way. do that now. And it's, it's not, it's like, come on. Like, it's for the kids now. Do it. You well, know, like the well, Halloween, we Halloween be parties home. are, Halloween parties are for the young adults and the adults. And, you know, trick or treating is for the kids. I mean, there's so many people out there that, and I know some people can't help, but there's so many people out there that just, they do that. They leave the bowl out. They're lazy. It's like, it's like, come on, maybe just do it. It's the kids. It's one time a year. Yeah, well, it's funny because wherever we were, like I said, sporting event, band performance, I don't remember what we were doing, but for whatever reason, the, the one time we didn't get to do it, um, I'm sitting, I have a ring camera, ring doorbell, and, right. and you know, I get notifications, obviously, when people come to the door, which is going to be a lot sure. on Halloween, and, uh, and sure as shit, there's one where these three boys come up, and they're, and they're talking, well, two of them do the right thing, and the third one's like, I'm going to take the ball. I'm like, no, there's, they're, they're, not even, they're not even home. They're not even watching us. And they don't know. They don't. They're too young to understand. They're and the ring camera. goes off. Put the candy down. I mean, yeah, it's light. You know, the lights. <laughs> up. And I and I in my uh, sometimes my ring camera does a delay. Like sometimes yeah. it's a slight delay. So by the time I if I'd been live, I would be like, hey, put that back or something like that. But right. but just be funny. You know, not if they take the candy, who gives a shit? But uh, right. but you know, because <laughs> like, I love that shit, man. My wife's like, 
did you get, how much candy did you buy? I'm like, oh, I just bought $71 worth of candy. Like, I'll, I'll buy, like, tr I'll fill up a cart. You know what I mean? Well, no, because like, you go to Costco's got the best ones. Well, that, last, well, last year I went to Costco, like, the week before Halloween, and there was nothing. Yeah. They were picked through, well, I guess, or something. You, oh, man, they, they they always have the big mega bags that have the good Yeah, they didn't have any. They didn't have, because I went to Costco, and I went to, I went to Costco, Walmart, and and then I finally had, they they were all sold out in this area for whatever reason. I, I right. Just, we were late to the game a little bit, so I had to get to go, like, Publix, uh, Target, like I'd so go you further pay twice out. Twice the amount. For yeah, yeah, less. exactly. But I, so yeah. I had to get more bags. I'm like, how much do you spend? I'm like, seventy one, seventy one dollars. I'm like, hey, fuck it, it's for the kids. Who cares? You know. I was like, let them have yeah, fun. Man. You know. But then of course we poured it all in a bowl and fucking one fucking little fat kid just fucking dumped the whole thing and I'm like, Jesus Christ. You know. And I told my wife that she's like, who cares? I'm like, yeah, I know, but it's annoying because then our lights because we're not home, so then our lights still on, and then everybody else wastes time walking. You know, we're at the cul-de-sac, so like. You're only coming in our cul-de-sac for four houses or whatever. So you're taking all the time to walk down to the cul-de-sac to our house, towards our house. Right. And then the light's on, you know, so it means you go up and then, you know, nothing fucking there. So this year we're going to fucking kill it. I want to get one of those drones. I have those, ever seen those things on, on Facebook they show where you get like a drone and then it has like a ghost costume over top of it. So it's like a floating ghost. Oh, yeah, so it floats around. Yeah, yeah, yeah and you, like, that. sit on the That's side. That's pretty of the sweet. Dude, or I there's thought, a witch that does the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, they make yeah. all sorts of... The, hangover thing but like yeah i was like oh that'd be so awesome what do you think i first saw the witch one i'm like holy shit that's awesome i need that and i mean can you imagine drone, like it's a drone with a with a with a with like a skirt on it basically yeah and you like see yeah. like uh like you, you're like you know going up to get the candy you turn around there's a fucking thing that just floating up to you yeah like that'd be intense you know what i mean like so i, I don't know my wife didn't but buy if you, it, if you, get, if you could shoot if you could shoot paintballs that'd be even better though <laughs> that'd be yeah hilarious. i put that yeah, but remember when we were kids, and we grew up in the same area, um, you know, when we were kids, remember the neighborhoods were mobbed, yeah. mobbed yeah. with kids, and, and parents were always great about it, and then you always had, like, at least that one house in every neighborhood that scared them. They did, they did this unique job and scared the shit out of you. Yeah. That, I'm that dude. And, um, well, now I am. And, um, no, it's, it's, uh, it's just, remember, supposed when we were kids, you know, instead of, you know, since people would actually hand candy out at the door. You know, some of the, the asshole kids were like really bad at like bag snatching. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. And they'd run, they'd run past the little kids and then they, they'd run and just swipe the bag out of their hand and take off. And it's like, that's fucked up. And, but now it's, you know, it's kind of like you said, if you just leave it up to some of these kids, some of them, most of them are fine, but some of them will just like dump it in their bag. But at, at the end of the night, I really don't care. <laughs> well, yeah, because at the end of the night, I'm trying to get rid of seventy one dollars worth of candy. Right. Yeah. Because you don't want to eat it. You don't want any of that leftovers. Right. You know right. Right. Because right. yeah. me, I'll, it'll be leftover. I'll be tempted to eat it, and then the other alternatives, I'll just take it to the station. Right. But then I'll eat it there. Right. You know, because everybody else is doing the same thing. You, you know, I'll go in the next morning, like everybody that's on the shift is like, "Oh, we're buying the rest of the candy." It's like, dude, I'm yeah. trying to get away from this shit. It's like a truckload. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, but, yeah I know. I know. It's like, I, so yeah. take it, take it to the admin office. Yeah, my wife, my wife already this week bought, bought like a not a big bag. This is not for Halloween giving. Oh, I guess you could use it for this, but it's a smaller bag from Publix, and it was like peanut butter cups and Kit Kats. That's that's all yeah. that's in the bag. Like none of the filler garbage that no one likes. And I was like, we got uh, like some of the old candy. Why, like why, the I was like, why? Why'd you like buy that? this? No, but I was like, why'd you buy this? Is, is this for work? And she had opened. She bought another bag that had like like Hershey chocolate bars, Hershey right. special, the dark ones, and. Uh, uh, Mr. Good bar and the special, I don't remember some other bar. And, and, um, I would eat all those other cheesy ones. Like I eat the good bar and the rice crispy bar, whatever that one's called crackle. And, but I don't touch the Hershey bars cause I, I just get old after a while, you know? 
And um, and then I saw that other bag. Peanut I was, butter. Well, I was like, I saw the other one. I was like, is this for your work? Are you because sometimes she'll buy stuff to take to work or whatever. Right. And she's like, no, no. I just I was like, why isn't this open? This is peanut butter cups and Kit Kats. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, why did you buy this bag? You know, is I'm sitting at home and I'm going to see this all day. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and it's peanut butter. Who doesn't like peanut butter cups and Kit Kats? Either one of those. Like, who went slam that whole bag? You know what I mean? So, and they're the little peanut butter cups too. So you always you don't feel bad when you're eating them. You know? well, shit to to give an apology. We haven't had a podcast in what a month and a half. Six years, I think it was. Six years. Yeah, no, but uh, yeah, I kept telling last, Bobby last to do it. Bobby's had. like, "No, I don't want to." Well, we no the last no not, the last uh, <laughs> the last one we had was the the big the big news was uh, was Maui. Um, yeah, that's true. And I mean, look now we're in basically welcome to Red October. I mean, look at the shit storms that have happened. You know, just since then. Yeah, we're halfway through October now. Yeah, and, and speaking well, of that real quick, well, not to interrupt real quick, but I did want to no, give a no. shout out to uh, Travis. Travis from our last podcast, he... Uh, he, he Travis he, is from the Hawaiian Islands. Yeah, he's from the islands, and uh, we had sent a thing out to him, make, obviously making sure, A, he was okay, and uh, he did send an email update. Uh, Travis, I do apologize. I got your email a while ago, but I wanted to share it on the next episode, uh, you know, with Bobby on the episode, and obviously that got delayed because of my work stuff and his schedule and stuff like that. Um, but we did get your message, um, and we will be sending you out a, a care package, basically, with all the stuff we promised. Um, but so don't think we forgot about you, and uh, thanks again for listening. And he did mention a story uh, off my uh, Nurse Karen story from pre- previous podcast um, where they had a, a, a code on a beach, basically, and there was a nurse there. I'm just summarizing it real quick. But there was a nurse there on the scene, of course, being nursey and doing nothing, and she was screaming to shock the patient who was in a systole. So that just kind of goes on to the same thing like we talked about. Like, oh, speaking of nurses, I've got a funny story. <laughs> All right, go ahead. But thanks and, again, Travis. Yeah, thank you, Travis, and thank you for what you're doing over. And, uh, and we're glad you're Oahu. okay, too. Yeah, and glad you're okay. And, uh, and Travis, Fire and Rescue in Honolulu, Honolulu Fire and Rescue. No, speaking of nurses, um, my, 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 my sister-in-law, she had uh, just gotten into nursing school. You know, she... Uh, she decided to change careers and she's like, you know what? I want to be a nurse, you know? And so she did everything she had to do as far as prerequisites to get into nursing school. She got into a, a good nursing school and uh, that was very competitive and nice. she started. And one of the thing, and before I go any further, what I'm about to say, all the paramedics and EMS people out there will understand this. Even EMS professionals that are also nurses on the side. Um, yes, we forgive you. No, I'm just kidding. And, um, it's, uh, it's an ongoing joke slash somewhat serious what I'm about to say, but I mean, you'll get a kick out of this. So she, while she's in nursing school, she's also got a job, you know, at a hospital to where she would be able to work alongside nurses, kind of like a tech or or a certified uh, nursing assistant, you know, to not only while she's in school, She's also constantly, as a job, she's doing things hands-on, right? Right, hands-on experience. So, right, and she starts both at the same time. So basically, you know, when it comes time to do her clinicals, I mean, she's already going to have a jump up on on everybody because she's already going to be doing it. And uh, uh, probably, I think it was like close to a month in, she, uh, or maybe a little more than a month, she calls up my wife and she, uh, she basically is like, I don't, I don't know if this is for me. And um, she's like, I, 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 my gut's telling me 
I don't know if this is for me and um, I don't know what I should do. And my wife told me that. So one of my first reactions was, I need to let me call her. Let me talk to her. Because her and I had talked about this before. And uh, so I call her. I'm like, I'm like, Shannon, what's going on? You know, uh, I said, you know, I heard what your dilemma was. And give me a little detail. What's up? And she's, uh, she told me, she's like, look, she's like, uh, I don't know if this is for me. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And she goes, well, she's like, first of all, the one thing, she's the one thing that really bothers me. She's like, one, as far as nurses go, she goes, I have never seen more of a bunch of assholes in my life. I just immediately started oh, laughing. <laughs> tell, tell, tell her to go to L and D if you want to see some more. <laughs> and I don't, I'm like, well, hold on a second. So, 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 what happened? She goes, she goes. First of all, I just, I don't think I'm cut out for this. And then, and then, I'm like, well, okay, well, a lot of people think that at first, but then they find their groove. And and she's like, well, that's what I'm. She goes, that's she's that's my mentality too. I don't want to just stop. She goes, but the one thing that my gut's telling me that no and then plus she goes she goes i don't understand how some people have gotten into this she goes like some of these people that are actual nurses now or rns now she goes i have never met a bunch of clickish arrogant assholes that didn't really do shit to help me out except for like maybe a couple of them she goes yeah. I, I she goes i wasn't expecting that you know and i'm like well i said just keep in mind they're not all like that you know, um, just a lot of them. No, I'm, I'm kidding. But uh, I just thought that was funny because there's, let's be honest, there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, uh, you've seen it. I've seen it. And I'm not. we're not talking about all nurses, just like there's a bunch of asshole paramedics and firefighters out there. But um, it, I just thought it was funny how she's said the same thing that I've heard so many other people say before, which is, I don't understand how someone who's such an asshole got into a job field where you're supposed to help people at their most vulnerable time. Right. And, and it's like you, that is so true. And it's not just nurses, it's doctors, it's paramedics, it's EMTs. You see it all the time. It's like, how did these people get into this field? But in their you know, defense, our, I, I think a lot of it too is kind of like EMS in a way where you do get, you know, brainwashed i'm mean, not brainwashed but like you just get done with it after a while you need a break yeah because it, especially you if you work out. in an er yeah that was the word i was looking for sorry yeah, yeah you get burned out if you, especially you work in an er and you see uh like imagine on a on an ems level we see we've talked about this before but we we have frequent flyers in your first do wherever you cover you're gonna have the guys oh, yeah. and the girls you run all the fucking time right well the er has that times like 50 because they have all the dues coming to their hospital and they're always the same, you know, a lot of them are the same people coming in and out. So imagine that, and you know, and then you have the, like we talked, like you were talking about too. You also have nurses that have like the pseudo God complex, you know, right. where they're smarter than, you know, and that's why we don't get along as paramedics a lot of times with them. Yeah. She's on the ward, not, not the ER, but she was on a different ward. Um, and you know, she was, I asked her, I'm like, so, would you, what would you see? Would you see like uh nurses kind of chase like the techs and everything around to like, you know, do something that they could have done in five minutes when they spent 15 minutes trying to find the tech to do it. And she's like, yeah, stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, that's not uncommon. 
there's a lot of nurses out there that get lazy, you know, they'll just sit there doing their nails or, or reading a book or, you know, doing whatever, you know, surfing online and, you know, not doing what they're supposed to do. But then there's plenty of nurses out there that, you know, are on it that are great to work with, you know, but I told her basically, it's like, look, if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. You know, it's like if, if your gut is telling you that, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, then, you know, it's better that you find out now than yeah, jump now before or, you invest all that time. Yeah, where you invest all that time and money, and now you can you can still switch gears into like a different you know a different field. You think she'd like so, EMS better as far as out of the hospital? Uh, I don't know, but she she basically she switched gears, so now she's just getting another she's getting a business degree instead of a nursing degree. So, okay, you know, I mean, she did, and she feels so much better now. And but for people out there listening, and this doesn't only apply to to nursing school. It, it also applies to, you know, EMS or any other job field that if you're in a training program and even though you feel like, oh, I need to give a little bit of a chance, you know, it's like, yeah, do that. But if your gut keeps telling you that this is not for you, maybe it's not for you. Listen to your gut because if, if you get three quarters through it and then you decide, no, nope, this isn't me, then you've already wasted all that time and money. So Well, and also if you're a... I'll say this, and this I think goes for majority of EMS as well, although there are exceptions, obviously. If you're a type B personality, you're going to have a lot of problems in both those fields. I, I can't, I was never a nurse, but I can just guess. Um, because yeah, you got to be a shark. Yeah, fire department and EMS, that's all type A personalities. There's occasional B personalities, but for the most part, it's all A. Nurses are the same way. Nurses, you know, because think about it from a nurse's point of view, just, and just to defend them a little bit. Right. The doctors work at the hospital. The doctors go in the room, they, they assess whatever's going on, and they say, hey, nurse uh, so-and-so, go, nurse Sally, go ahead and do all this shit. And then they leave the room. Yeah. Unless it's like a real trauma or thing or something like that, right? But if it's like a dumb call, whatever, routine kind of thing, they'll be like, hey, do all this shit. And they leave, and then they're t- so then the nurses have to do whatever they were just told to do. They're not really making any decisions about anything. And so when they have a chance to then take that out on the CNA or the, or the paramedic assistant or whoever it is they have working with them or an EMT or whatever. Yeah, of course they're going to do that because then they have a sense of flaunting their type A personality. You know what I mean? So that, that's how I look at it as a thing. And it's just kind of how the system is. But yeah, if you're type B and you're going to try to be a nurse in like an ER, ugh, good luck and with let's, that. And let's be honest and make no mistake. Nurses are the backbone of any hospital. Yeah. I Flat out. Yeah. Nurses, techs, you know, um, PAs, you know, P well, yeah, PAs, uh, that's another topic we can get into that can last for hours, but, uh, um, yeah, I'd go yeah. for, I'd go for PA before I'd go for nurse. I mean, my personal well, thing, I would do PA because then at least you're like having the, you get to make the decisions and then you tell somebody else to do it. Well, I mean, I, if, <laughs> if it were me, if it, well, if it were me, what I would do is I'd get my RN and as a paramedic, I mean, you can just take one of those RN to bridge courses and get it and, no time you know it's a lot harder for an rn to do a paramedic bridge and get theirs because there's so much more stuff they have to know and have to learn how to do because we're so smart but no i'm not to toot horn it's just the truth and um but it i would get my rn and then i i'd go to i'd get my nurse practitioner because yeah yeah, you have you have more autonomy than a pa ever will yeah you can you can write more prescriptions you can open your own practice and not to take anything away from pas because i think pas pas are great um but it's just, that's just my opinion. Um, I see. I like I, PA because you're under a doctor, so you don't have to have any like 
insurance for anything because you're always under the doctor. So anything you do, the doctor right. has to take the fall for. But but you still yeah, but you still have to hold a certain amount of malpractice. I'm sure you have to have some, but it's yeah. nowhere close to the level of the doctor. Right. Because you still have you still have a certain amount of autonomy without having to you know get the checkoff stamp from the doctor. You know, I mean, it's just like as a paramedic. I knew paramedics that that some of them in my career of doing different things too. You know, they would have uh, malpractice insurance as a paramedic. And yeah, I, it used and, to be really big back in the day. Yeah, they really pushed. I never yeah. had it ever because I was always like, uh, we're like barely above teachers as far as pay. Uh, you're probably not going to sue me. You're probably going to sue the county I work for or the company I work right. for. You're, you know what I mean? Like, because that's what yeah. when you're suing someone, you're going for money. You're not like trying to end my life because it's like, oh, okay, well, I'll just go work at McDonald's then. I guess, yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, like, so yeah, I never understood that, but, but, uh, Mm, excuse me. But yeah, that's, that's what I think. I think it comes down to like different types of personalities and shit like that for that kind of stuff. Cause that's good. She found that out. I'm sorry. I'm sad. She found it out because I think medics and medicine in general is a good career, but I totally get what she's saying. And if she's already getting that vibe now, wait till you have the frequent flyers, wait till you have like, cause every nurse, every nurse, every ER I've been to, there's always like one nurse. that's like a shit show. Um, and so oh, she yeah. may not have even experienced that nurse yet. Right. You know, or go up to, like I said, go up to, as a paramedic, I always hated going to L and D because goddamn their farts don't stink up there, you know? And they just think they're the fucking bee's knees, you know, all the time. And they're always just cunts up there. <laughs> I never had a good experience with L and D. I did, I did rotations in L and D for intermediate. I did rotations in L and D for, uh, and basic. I did rotations in L and D for a paramedic and every single time it was a shit show. Well, I mean, I've seen plenty of uh, L&D nurses who are perfectly great. Right, but there's enough that it's ruin just, it. Just in all fairness. Yeah, but there, there's, there's, there's bad apples in every bunch, man. Because I think I mean, it's harder to get in. I don't, I'm not a nurse, so I think it's harder to get accepted onto that floor to work there. So they just think they're like the shit in it, and then we're like the fucking pathetic. I, like I said a long time ago, paramedics should have a license, not a cert, and that would fucking get rid of all this shit. I got a license. Okay, well, in your state, maybe they do that. But in most places, they don't do that. They, give, they do a cert. So that's part of the problem is because nurses are like, well, we have a license. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't do anything. You have, to, you have to ask the doctor. I have standing orders. I can do whatever the fuck I want. And even if I well, go outside the standing orders, as long as I can justify it to a reasonable human being, which most doctors are pretty – I never had a problem ever with the doctor, ever questioning what I did if it was outside the box. They wanted to know what I did, but they never were like, oh, why'd you do that? That was the wrong thing. They never said that. They're like, oh, okay. Right. You know what I mean? And, They'll uh, just say, well, why did you do that? Yeah, I mean, yeah they want to know that. why. And if I can justify okay, it, it then they know you have a brain. Yeah, then they right. understand you're not a retard. You know what I mean? And like you can think on your feet and stuff like that. So I don't know. That's always the big thing with nurses and paramedics. So I'm, but whatever. <laughs> no, I, I totally agree. Well, that kind of is a good segue into the medical topic that we wanted to talk about today, which is a topic that's not really talked about enough. I think we've touched on it. A little bit before, but maybe not as in depth. Um, which is uh, mental health issues, uh, psychiatric patients that uh, you will see a lot of in the field if you do this job long enough. Oh yes, and uh, yes, at least once a shift, maybe even four times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe four times in the same shift. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the things I think is important to. to kind of dabble on if you will is um i think it's important a lot of times people will especially if you're burned out you know especially if it's 
and I'm speaking about myself in certain instances too. If you, like you said, you were talking about earlier, Jason, frequent flyers. A lot of times these frequent flyers are psychiatric patients. And that is true. At my station, in my jurisdiction, we have a handful of people that have, whether it's they're schizophrenic or they're bipolar or schizoaffective, um, you know, or maybe just suffer from severe anxiety and depression, they will call 911 all the time. And it gets to a point to where it gets, yes, they're abusing the system. But the one thing that people need to keep in check, it's hard for me to keep in check, I have to keep myself in check, is you sometimes I'll have a tendency of like, look, this is getting ridiculous. I don't want to deal with this anymore. But you also have to keep reminding yourself that, look, they they have a serious, legit medical issue, you know, psychiatric issue. Keep that in mind. Always keep that in the back of your mind. I mean, granted, there's going to be times when, uh, like, I'll give you an example. We have this frequent patient who calls us literally. She's one of many. They calls us literally barely before she gets out of the car when she gets home from the hospital for literally the same thing she was in. She just was released for, oh, which God. is, which is, you know, uh, suicidal ideations and she'll, will take like, say for instance, I picked her up on a Thursday night. We took her to, and it's one of those situations where she's going through a divorce, even though her and her husband still live together, and uh -oh. he refused he refuses to help her out whatsoever at all, even though he's there and he could take her to the hospital himself. He refuses, so she calls nine one one. Well, in his when, defense, if he's going through that process, he may be right. done done at that point. Right, but at the same time, but he she doesn't need she doesn't she doesn't need a name. Yeah, that's that's actually a legitimate police matter. Yeah. Um, uh, because uh, let's be honest, if she's, even if she's feeling somewhat suicidal and she wants to go to the hospital, I mean, that's, that's more of a police matter than an us matter. Like if she, if she's, or if, or if she's tried, you know, and, um, uh, it's like th either or the cops can take her or we can take her. But, um, of course, you know, you know how it usually goes. The cops will be like, well, you guys, that's, that's your, that's your forte. It's like, well, technically it's, it's your issue as well. So, but, uh, yeah, they, they always try to get out of that shit. Uh, oh yeah. And, um, and that's another story, but, uh, literally picked her up on a Thursday. Um, and keep in mind, I work 24 hour shifts, then I have 48 hours off and then I'm on another, you know, 24 hour shift you know, every third day. And so drop her off on a Thursday. Then my next shift, you know, three days later, picked her up almost exactly 80 hours later. As soon as she was released from a 72 hour, you know, psychiatric watch released free and clear. As soon as she was released, calls 911 again, you know, for the same thing. And, and she was probably released because her insurance ran out or something. 
Well, no, she was released because... Or just a 72-hour hold, maybe? Yeah, she was for a 72-hour hold. She was released uh, free and clear that, you know, she wasn't a threat to herself. But she felt like she needed to call again. And it gets to the point where she's calling because she wants attention. She's not getting it from her husband. She, yes, she feels like she needs... Technically, she didn't want to leave the hospital, most likely. Right. You know, and it, there's going to come a point when there's so many frequent calls, you're going to get to the point and you're like, no, this has to stop somewhere. And you're going to be like, look, because I got to the point, I'm like, where's the husband at? Because every time we go to this house now, the cops are going with us. And every time we go to every, every time we go to this house, I'm telling the cops, look, she was just released. There's nothing medically wrong with her. This is your responsibility. Of course, they'll fight you too. No, whoa, no, your responsibility. Um, But this time I was going to talk to the, to the husband. I'm like, look, you need to understand something. You're here. Well, I have my daughter here. It's like, okay, so you're telling me that you can't put your daughter in the car with you and the three of you drive to the hospital and you just drop her off at the emergency room. You're telling me you can't do that? I said, because... We're here multiple times a day now, sometimes. I said, at least we're here at least three times a week. I said, this has got to stop. You know, yeah. we're not Uber. And she's gotten to the point where, and, and I, she can't help it, but it's like she's using us as an Uber. Yeah. And uh, he goes, I know, I know, that's what I told her. And he's sitting there telling me, well, that's what I told her. It's like, yeah, he's the one that usually calls 911. Yeah, he's the one Right. So there's going to come a time where you're going to, in certain situations, not all situations, because you also got to look at the legalities of it. Um, but in situations like this, it's like, yeah, you're going to have to talk to other family member involved or the family member that they live with that doesn't want to get involved. It's like you can't keep calling 911 for a ride Yeah, when there's nothing medically wrong with them. That's when. And that's where I get to the point. I'm like, you know, I turn to the cop. I'm like, this is your issue. There's nothing medically wrong with her. We're out. See you. Well, I used to, have, I had one like that where we used to run, I, I may have talked about this before on a previous episode, but we had a lady that would call us all the time because, and she was drunk. She had mental issues too, but she was always right. drunk. She drank vodka. Um, and uh, she used to, she used to call all the time and you'd go there and then you'd be like, oh, have you been drinking? And she, you could smell it on her, you know? And she's like, no. And then you'd be like, okay. And she'd say she had difficulty breathing or something and you check her out and everything's fine. And then she's like, oh, because you, you said you haven't been drinking. And she's like, no, I haven't. And you look in the trash can, you're like, what the fuck is this? And there'd be the bottle of uh, whatever. I can't remember the brand she used, but I used to know the brand and everything. But, you know, oh, look at this. You killed the bottle. So then it got to the point where we had to, like, notify our chiefs that because this is getting to be abusing 911. You know, we, right. we have to take her to the hospital. If you call 911, you, you have to be taken to the hospital if you want to. So we'd have to take her to the hospital. So we told our chiefs. Our chiefs, as we talked about prior, or I've talked about prior, where they worked at the Pleasure Palace. They're all worthless. And they did absolutely nothing. I'm sure they just said they were going to do something and never did a damn thing. So finally, then I started just calling nine at the sheriff's office every single time. As soon as we're dispatched, I'd have the whole report written on the way to the call because it was in the next do over, but we were the closest medic unit every day. So, and I ran her once three times in one shift in a 24 hour shift. Um, so I'd have the whole call written and redone before we got to the place. And, uh, and then we walk in and then she would say, hey, duh, yeah, I'm having difficulty breathing. I'm like, okay. And she'd be talking like you and me. And I'd be like, okay, lung sounds are clear. Sats are good. Put her on the heart monitor, blah, 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 blood pressure, all that normal shit. Check her sugar, all that shit. Everything's fine. 
And then it got to the point where we kept adding the sheriff's office. And of course, eventually they get pissed. And because they don't want to be on that call when they could be going to like actually do something that police are good for, like, you know, like saving lives of robbery or something like that. Right. So that no, no cop wants to go on that dumb of a call. So they started actually arresting her, which is finally how that started slowly curtailing a little bit was they actually started being like, okay, you are you having trouble breathing? Yes. Okay. Well, they've checked you out. There's no trouble breathing. And I'm standing here and I don't think you're having any trouble breathing either based on the, you know, how you're talking and everything out and they're checking all your vital signs and all that. So you, are you going to go to the hospital with them? Well, no, I don't want to go to the hospital. Okay. Turn around, click, click, mashing bracelets, get her in the car. And that's what they would start doing because, and it was the same situation they had. She lived by herself. Right. And she could not drive. She was elderly. She could drive. I don't think she had a driver's license. But then she had her neighbors. She would call her neighbors, and her neighbors, she lived in like a pipe stem cul-de-sac type thing, and right. they would get her the alcohol. And so we had to talk to the neighbors. Sometimes the neighbors would call 911 or whatever for her because they didn't know what to do with her because she was, you know, whatever. And, and we're like, hey, man, look, you're being really nice to her. She's an old lady, and you're helping her out. We, that's cool as a citizen, right? Stop buying her alcohol. She's an alcoholic. You're feeding into this problem. I understand yeah. you're not coming at it from that point of view. I don't think you're doing it maliciously or anything like that. But, and you think you're doing a good thing, you're not. You know, and then we had to talk to her husband. I mean, her um, son, older, she was older. So she had an elder, older son. And he lived in Virginia Beach area. And uh, so we would talk to him sometimes on the phone. And he, we're like, hey, do you know what's going on? Yeah, they just arrested your mom again. Um, I understand you live in a, you know, four hours away and you, you know, have a life and you have a family and kids and all this other stuff, but you're the only f relative, uh, kind of have some responsibility here to take care of this because you legally, I don't know what the legality part of it is, but as far as ethically, like she's just wasting nine one's time all the time. Yeah. And, and you need to, and he's like, I know, I know. I was like, he's like, I try to come down like once every you know, a couple weeks or whatever, but it's hard with my schedule. I was like, no, we get that. We understand. We appreciate everything you're doing, but you may need to try to step it up a little bit more or work out getting her into some sort of a home or something where they can monitor this kind of stuff, you know, because there's obviously some psych stuff along with the alcoholism and stuff like that. So, right. You know, and he was like, you know, he was really cool. He was a really cool guy and stuff like that. But it got, I mean, it was literally like, I remember a shift where Quantico ran her in the morning. Cause we were on a call. We went out at 1 PM or something like that, or 2 PM. And I was like, hey, da da da, why'd you call why'd you call the house? Why'd you call us again today? Oh, I didn't call you today. Yes, you did. Quantico came and picked you up. Remember? They gave you a ride. Now you're back home, apparently. It's two o'clock. And then and then like we took her to the hospital on that one. And I kept telling her, I kept leaving her life care's uh phone number. Call them. They're private animals. They can do these kind of transports. We don't need to be doing these in 911. And then later that night, like 10, 11 o'clock at night, we got dinged again for the same address. And we had to go out there again, you know. And again, I'm calling the cops every time because I know if I get my chiefs don't give a shit. They never gave a shit because they don't ever have to come to the calls. So what do they care if we run 17 calls to the same house every day? They could care two shits, right? Because they're not doing it. But cops care. Oh yeah, cops care. On they're on an eight-hour shift and they have to go four times this lady's house for bullshit. Yeah, that's gonna piss them off real quick. So we would do it every single time immediately on dispatch. I'd be like, add sheriff's office, and that way because I wanted to make the sheriff's office pissed off for having to go all the time too. So they're aware of it because, you know, after a while you're going to start hitting every deputy because they rotate shifts and stuff. But after a while, every deputy's then going out there so many times. And I was like, yeah, you need to fucking lock her up or something like this is abusing nine one. This is blatant abuse of nine one. She's lying oh, yeah. and saying she has a problem. And then when we get here, she's not having that problem anymore. And she's just drunk. 
which is legal. You're allowed to be drunk in your own house. That's fine. I mean, she's not belligerent or like violent or anything like that, but it's just a totally abusive nine one one. And that's part of like, that's what makes people want to get out of the business. And that's like kind of the same stuff your, your, uh, your family member would have seen down the road at some point. Oh, it's yeah. just in an ER setting though. You just keep seeing it like, Oh, she's back again. Yep. Well, and, and that's, and there's so many variables to this, this topic. Like for instance, sure. another, another version is, and this is another example I'll give, of course, no names, you know, to protect people, but, uh, and, and no, no details, but just, you know, generalizations. Uh, we have a frequent flyer who is young twenties, still lives with her parents. And we've run this girl probably several times a month for the past four years, almost three years. And, uh, it's always the same story. This, this girl suffers from mental illness, but she also knows how to manipulate where she, and it's always the same story. She calls nine one one. She would rather not have the cops there, but she wants to, she wants EMS to take her to the hospital, even though she was just released from the hospital to get a rape kit done because she's been raped by the same guy for five days and she wants to file a police report. It's like, well, if you want to file a police report, why, why don't you want the cops here? Yeah. So, but of course, no, no, no smart dispatcher is going to send just, you know, fire an EMS in there without you know, law enforcement because that's just careless. So of course, you know, there's always at least two, two cop cars that show up with us. And because it's gotten to the point where, and I'm lucky enough for the most part, I have a female partner, but sometimes I don't like if she's on leave or she called out sick or whatever. And I have a, a, and it's, I have a male partner, you know, uh, this is one of those calls where it's like, even though this girl is, she's not telling the truth because she's been telling the truth because sometimes she blames some ghost guy or sometimes she blames a family member. It's always the same story and she's doing it to get attention for the most part. Um, at least that's what we've gathered. Because like I said, this has been going on for four years and even her parents have caught, and she suffers from from bipolar issues amongst other things. And it's gotten to the point to where every time we have to respond to that house, the cops go with us. And if I don't have a female partner or there's not a female cop that can go with me. Yeah. Uh, call another medic unit that has a female. Because yeah, you have I, I, I have gotten to the point where it's compromised my safety as far as because no, same thing with the cops. The cops, they do not trust this girl to not, you know, make false claims on them or me. And I will not, especially, I will not be in the back of an enclosed box ambulance with this girl by myself. Not yeah, happening. Now, if, if, it's a, if it's a life or death situation, uh, yeah, you'll take your chances. Sure, I'll take my chances, but I'll have I'll have like at least someone else in the back with me as a witness. But no, it, and you will find yourselves in situations like this where, yeah, um, your well being as far as legally may be compromised, and yes, you also have the right to say, uh, yes, I want to help this person, but I don't feel comfortable being in the box 
by myself. So I need another female or I need a female cop. And, you know, that, that's just the way it is. And it, cause it's gotten to that point because that's how much this girl has made up stories. I'm not saying that something didn't happen to her in the past, but there's stories. It seems like she's making up in her head and then she calls the police and fire and EMS for false claims. And it's gotten to the point where it's happened so frequently that the thing that's horrible is there's going to be a time where what if it really happens and she's cried wolf so much that no one believes her, you know? Yeah, it's sad. And it's sad because it's it's like you want to help these people, but you also the, – the point I'm trying to make is you also have to look out for your own – Safety. Especially legally, your own safety because that's a particular situation. I will not – and I repeat, I will not – be in an enclosed space with this girl by myself will not. Yeah. I don't blame you. you know? And, um, yeah. And that's why I have a female partner. And when she's there, it's, it's actually easier. Cause it's like, uh, you're patient. <laughs> <laughs> and she's, she's totally cool with that because she, my female partner knows how this girl is also. Right. 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 And she would do the same thing you to know? you if it was the other way. If it was, like Oh, absolutely. if it's, if it's like some big, you know, psychiatric, you know, patient that's like some fucking linebacker dude, she ain't going back there by herself. Hell right, no, I right. wouldn't even let her. No, right. there's no way because her safety's compromised. No way. Well, that's like, that's but, like when I, when I was a volunteer, I remember um, going to a house for a, a, it was a call went out for a lady who was like a domestic type situation. And then the guy had run over her foot, you know, in a car, like she was outside the car and he ran over her foot and then she called 911 for the whole scene, right? So right. we get on scene as an, as a, this is way before I was a medic. This is like, I was a BLS unit EMT. And uh, so we get on the scene and we're gung ho. So we get there way before PD gets there. So we go in, right? This is our like first do PD is going to be like t- five more minutes or something like that. So we're like, fuck that. We're just going in. Like it's two guys. We're going in. So we go into the house and we're talking to the lady and she's like frantic and talking about her foot hurts. Cause she got run over and all this stuff. We're like, okay, okay, okay. It's fine. Let me take a look at your foot. And let's do this stuff. All right, cool. And we're asking her to tell the story. And she's telling us the whole story about how she got run over by a foot or run over by a car on her foot from her boyfriend and all this stuff. And then she's like, yeah. And, and then, and then she's like, yeah. And, um, and he's like, well, he left, right? He, he left. Cause we didn't see a car in the driveway when we pulled up and there, she's like, yeah, no, uh, well, no, he's still here. And we're like, what? And then we're, we're in the house by ourselves with this lady. We're like, no, he's still here. He's, I think he's in the back. And so me and my partner on, got on the radio and let, let PD know, like, hey, step it up. Like, we think he's still in the house or whatever. And we didn't see anybody in the house, right? And so we're working on her in the meantime, kind of keeping our eyes out, looking for anything, calling for, you know, is anybody in here? Blah, 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 that kind of stuff. But staying with the patient, doing all this stuff. Well, then finally, she keeps talking to us, and she goes, yeah, yeah, he's right there. He's right there at the window. And we're like, what? And now we're freaking out, like, kind of, you know what I mean? Like, this is really weird. And then yeah. she, we're like, no, where? She's right there. And we're like, and I'm looking, I'm like, what? The window there? And then she's like, yeah. And I was like, well, I don't see you. Because no, right there at the, at the nightstand ta- or the lamp table, whatever, you know? We're like, what? And she goes, yeah, he's on the lamp table. <sighs> and then we go, oh, okay. And then, and then we had, to, by, this point, by this point, there's like six cops, like, you know, and they're coming in like, you know, PD, PD. you know, they're coming in and then we're like, okay, oh, yeah, I'm out. And I went outside with them and told them what happened. They're like, oh shit. And then <laughs> I was like, we were freaking out in there. Cause the way, the way we were in that room, cause we were kind of stupid. And this when I was younger too, the way we went in the room, we had 
we went, she was between the door, you know, getting out of the house and all that stuff where the patient was and all this stuff. So we didn't plan that very well and stuff. And it was early on, but, but we were freaking out for a little while until we realized that it was just a little person on a nightstand that she was talking about. And we're like, oh, okay, you're not quite all there. And, um, we, there was probably no car outside because that never happened, you know? <laughs> so it can happen that way too. But I do have a good, I do have a good psych, uh, horror story as well, since it's Halloween coming around the corner that we can end with whenever you're ready to. Does it involve Michael Myers? Uh, kind of, but no. Jason Voorhees? No. But we did just have uh, Friday the 13th. My name's Jason, so that was kind of fun. Really? Yeah, that was kind of cool. So, but no, I'll t- I'll, do you want me to tell now or at the end? I'll tell now, man. Okay. So when I, back when I did private ambulance, um, we did site calls, of course, all the time. And they have to be like moved in a facility for different reasons. Or they have to go to a psych ward or they have to go whatever. They have to go all over the place. Right. And um, so we're taking someone up to, to Washington, D.C., to St. Elizabeth's Hospital, St. E's. Um, that hospital doesn't exist anymore, I don't believe. And that, that is the place. hospital that Reagan, <laughs> Reagan let all the uh, psychs out of there back in the day when Reagan was president. Uh, he defunded it, and all the psychs came out of there, and that's the reason why there are a lot, so many homeless people in Washington, D.C., because those are all the psych people they just let out and said, good luck! You see, know, ya. And, uh, see ya! Good luck! Well, what do we do now? Good luck! You know what I mean? And like that, so that's where that population, because they shut down the hospital at that time. Well, they'd been reopened up as, as a psych ward. At Just that don't drink the water in the Anacostia. Yeah. Yeah. So might be a body floated <laughs> by. Uh, so anyway, so we take this girl, we go, I don't remember where we took her from, but we go to pick her up at wherever she was and we're talking to her and she like, she, you know, she didn't really want to go, but we had doctor's orders to take her. And, and she's like, and she's like, Hey, the doctor really wants you to go. And like, da, da, da. and she's like, okay, but I don't want to go to, a, I don't want to go to a hospital. Psych hospital. I was like, okay, okay. They're, they're, look, they just want to get you some treatment. We're just going to a place that can get you some treatment. We are taking her to a psych hospital. We're not going to tell her that because that's going to freak her out, right? So we're like, we're just going to take you somewhere where you can get some help. That's all everybody wants is for you to get help. So we're kind of lying to her, but doing it in a nice way, right? We're doing it, sure. for, we're doing it for the good of the patient, not because we're trying to be deceptive to her, per se. So we get her in the truck. Uh, we get her on the cot and everything, and I'll talk about my pet peeve about that in a sec. But we get her on the truck. We start taking her to the hospital. Now, I, at that point, I had never been to St. E's. Um, this, we got there roughly around midnight, 1130 right. PM, midnight, something like that. It's pitch blackout, obviously, because it's dark. And, and it's very, uh, it looks like a Dracula movie, like that hospital where you pull up in the ambulance part. It's very scary looking and very yeah. like sus looking and like, like the haunted mansion. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, freaky. Like, like sanitarium. Like, yeah, I love yeah. horror movies and stuff like that. And I'm not really scared of much except snakes or whatever but like but like but like but that 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 was one of those things where i was like like you know like watching a horror movie looking behind the couch you know like one of those movies like that's how i felt that whole pull up so we get there we're taking her you know go in the doors and it's like all these hat doors you had to go through and it's very like like i said like mansiony looking and scary looking Going through all these, it's Did not, it kind of look like the, the the Baltimore Hospital in uh, in Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, 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 exactly. It doesn't yeah. look. Yeah, it didn't yeah. look like a. Um, it didn't like look a like a, a hospital. It didn't look like a hospital. Yeah. You know, you go in like you're like, oh, this is a hospital where it's all white and clean and bleach smelling and whatever. It had that sanitarium look. Yeah, and, and yeah, it was yeah. very freaky looking. So we take her upstairs, and we had like, never been there before. So we finally get take the elevator. We go up to wherever we had to go to whatever floor, and we get there's a nurses station. Okay, so a little desk, and there's a nurse being like, hey, and they're very nice. Hey, how are you? Yeah. 
but but they're they're like they're like talking to us like oh yeah we're, hey we have uh megan i don't remember her name but they're like hey we have megan here and they're like oh hey megan how are you she's like oh, okay and then they're like okay um and then all of a sudden these doors open up okay these two doors they're like on a like a like an automated thing right so these two, two doors open up and these two orderlies come out in the white doctor looking clothes things and they come out and they're like, okay, we're going to get, um, they're going to take her back there and everything. And now she's on the cot. She's sitting up on the cot, right? And she's belted in on the cot. So we unbelt her and everything. We're like, okay. And they're going to take her back. And then she, we have it lowered. Obviously the cot's like down so she can just get up. And, and the orders come over and she stands up and she's talking to the desk people. And, the, and then, then the doors open up and the orderlies come out. And then she's like, all right, you're going to go with them now. And she's like, what? What? And, and then she goes, so, honey, you're going to go with them. They're going to help you out. And she's like, no, no, you, you said this wasn't a hospital. And, and, then, and, then, and then she realized at that point she's at a psych hospital and the orderlies right. are going to take her. And I'm not fucking with you. This was the scariest thing in my life I've ever seen. So they grab her by the shoulders, like one on each shoulder of her, under her shoulders, where she's laying back she, and they're dragging her heels. They're dragging her heels as she's going. And, they're, and she's going, wait, no, no, no! And then they go through the, they go into the doorbell doors and the doors, and she goes, no! There's silence. And the doors shut and there's, you don't hear nothing. And I looked oh, at my so partner, good. I go, fucking, let's fucking go. <laughs> Fuck this shithole. We're out. And because it was that, it was that fucking intense. It was fucking insane. I was, I was, I mean, I was scared because she, she was doing that death scream. You know what I mean? Like you'd think she was being beaten. They weren't doing anything. And other then than as soon as those her. doors closed, complete silence. The de- they had sound deadening yeah. stuff right in the door. That's oh my. Cr- that's the freaky story. part right there. Yeah. That was the scariest part. No. It's like watching a like saw at the end when they close the door on the guy and saw, you know, it was the same thing. And the other thing I was going to say with psych patients that I used to do too, that uh, my partners used to question me on, but then also understand later on was my, and I don't know what your take on this. I always, um, allow, had, I always made my psych patients Cause a lot of psych patients you treat transport, especially in a facility, like private animal stuff. They're not like cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs people. Some of these people are like, no, my daughter did a drug one time, so she must be psyched. So the parents are like putting them in these positions. They're really cool chicks or really cool guys. And well, the parents want like a psyche about 72 hour watch. Right. And they're, and they're not really real. They're, right. they're not as an EMS person. They're not what I would call a real psych patient. So my thing though was, cause I used to always, you know, we pull up to the, the facility we're taking the patient out of and my partner starts going, I'm like, Hey, grab the cot. And they're like, what? Like, dude, they can walk out. They're psych. They're just normal people. They're just in a psych ward. They can walk out. I'm like, nope, bring the cot. And uh, and that was always my pet peeve. I was like, nope, bring the cot. It's my way. It's my truck. We're bringing the cot. And then we go in there, and I talk to the patient. I go in and you know, for, find out what's going on, get the paperwork, whatever. Eventually, go in and meet the patient. Hey, Sally Sue, how are you? Blah, blah whatever. Find out what's going on. How are you doing? Good, good, good. Yeah, you know, we got to take you to this other facility. They're going to get you the help you need there and stuff like that. You're cool with everything, right? No weapons, nothing like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally cool. I'm like, and they're totally cool as shit. I'm like, all right, cool. Hey, we got to get you. Um, you ready to go? Yeah, you got all your stuff. All right, cool. Hey, we got to get you on the cot. I know it's kind of dumb and stuff like that. I'm not trying to make you feel weird or anything, but it's just our policy, dude. We got to put you on the cot. Meanwhile, it's total bullshit, right? But that was my thing. And then we take him out and then Hamilton may be fine, right? Whole trip, they're fine, no big deal, right? And then, and then we get to the receiving facility. If they want to walk in with us, instead of being on the cot, I don't have a problem with that. But I always told my partners, and they're like, "Why do you do that?" And I was like, "Because if they if I put the cot in the room, and they start freaking about out about getting on the cot, which is not a big deal, it's just a big sofa bed, they are going to be a handful the entire trip." So that was how I gauged it. 
You see what I'm saying? And that's where the cops need to be involved. Right. And that's right. Now I never had, I never had anybody. I had people like sometimes question it a little bit, but I'm like, Hey man, it's just our policy, dude. I can't take you unless you're going to get on the cot, man. So, I mean, otherwise you, this is, they have to get cops involved. It's a big nightmare, dude. Just get on. Well, the you cot, bring man. up a valid point too. Cause this is another thing that people in this line of work can get confused on. Okay. And that's, is the psych patient voluntarily going or not? If they're voluntarily going, Yes, you can take them to the hospital, but us as fire and EMS personnel, we don't have the authority to detain or kidnap people. That's right. not our job. And that's what I've even gotten to battles with cops about this before too, because it's like, we don't have the authority. Cause what I tell them is like, okay, are they voluntarily? Are they, go, uh, are, they, are they, they going voluntarily? Yes. Are they under arrest? No. Okay. Just so we're clear at any time during this transport to whatever hospital we go to, if they want to get out at any time, even if it's alongside the highway, I have to let them out because they're saying they want to get out. I don't have the authority to detain them. I have to let them out. Now, yeah. am I going to actually let them out on the highway? No. Now, if they're getting violent and they want to be let out, oh, pull over the side, let them out. Well, yeah. And that's right. Yeah. That's and that's what's, that's what, that's what is a lot of people don't get is, Okay, and I, we still run into this problem all the time. It's like Groundhog's Day. And we get into fights with cops about this too. You know, not actual fights, but arguments. Um, is that I would we run into ass. issues. Yeah, we run into issues where it's like, okay, um, is this person voluntarily going? No. Okay, we just checked them out. There's nothing medically wrong with them. What do you need us for? Well, we need you to help take them to the hospital. It's like, okay, there's nothing medically wrong with them. They're under arrest. They're not voluntarily going, which means you're going to EP them on an emergency petition. You don't need to tie up our unit for that. That's handcuffed in the back of your car because they're either going to be handcuffed in the back of your car or they handcuffed in the back of our ambulance, which means you're going to have to go with us with another cop following behind. Right. Which would you rather do? Tie up two cops in one ambulance or just one cop in the in, patient handcuffed in the back of your vehicle because there's nothing medically wrong with them, which is the reason why they call us out there. It's, if we decide that there's nothing medically wrong with them, but there's just something like psychological wrong, you know, that they're having psychological issues, you know, um, there's nothing medically wrong with them and they're not voluntarily going. That's a police matter. Well, yeah, we had a story like that um, at Belvoir where it was the same sort of situation where the doctor wanted the patient to go to the hospital, but the patient was not voluntary. So there's a big argument back and forth because legally we can't transport someone who's not voluntary without the police being involved. And then in the situation that we were currently in, in that situation, or restrain them or yeah, or, or, and we can't restrain them obviously either, but, but also we, in that current situation they were talking about, we were going to be going across state lines. Well, then that now changes into a felony kidnapping if you exactly. are looking at it from that side of it. Right. So in that situation, because I did private ambulance many years before that and stuff like that, in that situation, legally, if they stay involuntary, you have to have the police in the, at the air, the police that cover the hospital area come with you. Right. And they, they may not have to come in the ambulance, depending on how you, the situation works out. Right. But they have to at least follow you. Right. Then they have to go to the border of their jurisdiction and the other, a PD unit from that jurisdiction, like another county, whatever, right? Wherever it is, they have to come with yeah. you and or a state police officer in that state. Then they have to take you to the border of the state where it switches from Virginia to Maryland. And at that point, either a Maryland tr state trooper or a whatever county that is 
you know, you can get, you get the picture, right? There has to be a long train of events that have to happen in order for that transport to be done legally. Um, and that wasn't the case in that situation. Um, and they were wrong in that situation until finally, like I personally refused to do it because I knew the situation and how it was laid out in front of me. And I knew the rules because I'd done this before and not in private ambulance stuff like that. Until finally I told the patient, I was like, look, cause she was cool. I met the patient. She was totally cool. Totally sane. Uh, in my opinion, like she didn't, she wasn't, a, I was not worried about her. Okay. As far as like doing anything stupid. Right. But I, I finally had to tell her, I was like, look, if you keep saying you're going to go involuntary, this is going to become a massive clusterfuck. If you just let me know and tell the nursing staff here before, because we hadn't left the hospital yet. If you just let them know that you're willing to go voluntary and then they can change in your notes that you're willing to go voluntary and the doctor signs off and all that shit, then we can just take this and it's not a big deal. Then no one cares. Then there, 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 there needs to be no escorts of all this other drama, right? And, and, and so finally, after talking to her and, and advising her the situation, I was like, look, they need, they believe you need to see somebody at a higher level of care for this, for your issue. It, so if you want it, they're trying to help you. They're not trying to be mean to you or like get you like locked up somewhere or something like that. And so she finally agreed to go voluntary. She's like, yeah, I'll go voluntary. And I was like, okay, well, that's what we've been arguing about for two hours. You know, <laughs> like, like that yeah. one word, the I in in front of voluntary is the one word. That's the two, the two letters we were arguing about and all this shit. Well, no. And, and, and keep in mind that even though she's going voluntary, anytime within that, that uh, that transport from one place to another. If she wants to get out, you have to let her out. Oh yeah, we had when I worked at dispatch. You can't detain her, and, I, and and sometimes they know that or they hear that and like, okay, I'm going involuntary. Yeah. And then when you get in the middle of the trip, let me out. Well, we had that in D.C. when I when I worked in uh, private ambulance. We did D.C., Maryland, Virginia, and I would be dispatched on Saturdays, twenty four hour shift doing dispatch for the whole company, right? For like thirty ambulances right. or whatever. And we had calls like that all the time where people would like, you know, psych transport in DC or whatever. And, and the unit would mark up, you know, they're transporting, whatever. Okay, cool. Just BLS, no lights, no sirens, nothing. normal, no cops, nothing like that. Just voluntary psych transport. No big deal. And they'd be like, yeah, they're like, go ahead. And like, Hey, we're at uh, whatever and whatever, you know, we're at this street intersection. Yeah. Uh, patient just jumped out of our, we're at a stoplight and patient just jumped out of our rig. And I'd be like, okay, yeah, you're in service at 1034. It's not your job. And that, that's all. And then I would call yeah. local PD. I would call whoever, wherever they were, like in that sense, they were in district of Columbia. So I would call DC, not emergency. And just let them know, Hey, one of our units was transporting a psych patient from here to here. Uh, at this intersection, the patient jumped out. My unit's gone in service. And they're like, well, where did the patient go? Like, uh, we have no idea. They just jumped out of the back and that's no longer our job. So good luck with everything. Like we can't do anything about it. Like they, they no, legally can't, can't touch chase them. them down. You can't chase them. You can't hold them down. You can't restrain them. There's not, you just let them go. Just yeah, the go. only thing you can try to do you talk before to it gets to that point is try to talk them out of it. Yeah. And if that doesn't work, you know, it, you can't, you don't have the authority to detain them. Right. And that's what even a lot of police officers with certain departments don't seem to fucking get. Yeah. It's like, you know, because and I don't get me wrong. I get it. When it comes down to like two o'clock in the morning and you're dealing with a psychiatric like a cops pull someone over like for possible drunk driving. They realize it's a psychiatric issue and whatnot. And, you know, it's like, they're like, fuck it. Just call, just call the fire department and get them down here. And it's cause I don't want to fucking deal with this shit. And yeah. Okay. We'll get down there. We'll get down to side the highway at two o'clock in the morning and we'll assess the situation and we'll see that. Okay. Yeah. There's nothing medically wrong with them there. They have a history of, uh, of bipolar disorder amongst other things. And, and, 
you know, there's there's nothing physically or or medically wrong with them. It's like, what do you want us to do? Well, I need you to take them to the hospital. It's like, are they under arrest? Yep. For what? Possible possible drunk driving. It's like, all right. Um, so there's nothing medically wrong with them. This is a drunk driving case. Um, that's a. Are you are you saying you're gonna emergency petition them? Yeah. Okay, then they can get in the back of your your rig and you can take them to the hospital. There's nothing medically wrong with them. There's no reason why we both have to go. And that happens all the time. It's oh, like yeah. you're gonna go. It's like it's like you're not gonna just hand this person off. And some of them will be like, they'll be all right. Yeah, are they under arrest? Yeah. It's like all right. Or, 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 I'll meet you guys at the hospital. No, 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 no. That's not the way it works. If they're under arrest, you're not gonna handcuff them to my cot and then not be in the back. Yeah. You're going to be in the back the whole way, and you're going to have another one of your, your cops from your department following us the rest of the way. Yeah. I mean, when I used so to do, you, when I used to So do, you like, have a ride back. When I used to and, do, like, and, D.C. prison transports, it was like that all the time. We would do, out of Lorton, Virginia, was a D.C. prison, and we used yeah. to do, they had a cop in the back with us. Uh, I used to live uh, right, uh, right uh, next uh, to that prison. The, a cop in the front seat. The cop in the front seat would have both the guns. So the cop at the back was not armed. Like, he, he had a gun, but the guy in the front held it for obvious reasons, for safety reasons. The guy would be shackled. Old revolvers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little, little <laughs> pew, pew. But, but, um, but then they would have, uh, and then um, he would be shackled. The, the convict would be shackled with the waist shackle with the wrists shackled to the waist strap, and then he yeah. would be shackled, and then also he would be shackled to the cot. Um, and of course he's belted on the cot like normal patients, but he would also be shackled to the cot too. And then um, they would also send a chase car uh, to follow us. With another well, that's officer. a totally different animal. That's a prison transport. Yeah, but even they, but I'm just saying, even something like that, they had to because it was going from Virginia to DC. Well, it was going from Virginia yeah. to a Virginia hospital, and then later Virginia hospital to DC, and then later back from DC to. So it's crossing those state lines because they'd always wind up at DC General. Yeah, yeah, that's why they still open. Well, yeah, yeah. The, it was a dumb system. Like they had to go. They, they usually to go, go to Fort, Fort Belvoir. Belvoir. Yeah, to Dewitt yeah. Hospital because that was the closest hospital. So they would go there for, unless it was something real serious, like they had to go to level one for some reason, but 99% of the time they go to DeWitt and then, and then they would go to DeWitt after DeWitt says they're blesses them as healthy or whatever. Then they have to DeWitt's take them the all midway. the way to DC general yeah. so that a DC general doc in DC system can say they're also healthy. And then they get to go back home. Yeah. <laughs> it was a clusterfuck. Well, it was it's just for, for the listeners out there that are one, I'm just, Remember one thing, just because a doctor tells you you have to do something or a cop tells you you have to do something doesn't mean you necessarily have to do it. Think about what you're doing at first. And when it comes to situations where you don't have the legal authority to detain someone, yet whether it's a law enforcement officer or a doctor, not all of them, that you will come across some that'll try to say, no, you, you know, you have to do this. No, you don't. It's like, it's not, you don't have the authority to detain anybody or to maintain, you know, them being detained, you know? So just keep that in mind. Yeah. And don't get scared by nightmare. Yeah. Don't get scared by nightmare. And don't get scared by people. Like, like you said, like a doctor or a cop trying to tell you you have to do something because it's going to be your ass on the line. If the shit right. hit the fan. So no offense to that cops, person no creates a lawsuit and you were, you were transporting them for a half an hour, say yeah. from, from the, the scene of beside the road to some hospital 30 minutes away. Cause you live in a rural area, you know, just that 30 minute ride that you basically illegally detained them because 
a cop said you could, even though they didn't ride with you, or maybe it's a trans inner facility transport and a doctor said you could think twice about that. Because if that person decides to sue, they're going to sue you as well for basically holding them against their will. Yeah. And they would have jurisdiction to do so because, and, exactly. and then if you go across state lines, now you're in felony land and all this other shit. So that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, do don't be nice about it and stuff like that. But like, don't, don't be scared to stand up for your, your, your rights as a human, because sometimes like, to be fair, doctors definitely don't, I mean, not doctors, um, cops li- li- may not know that because they don't know the medical profession as well. And doctors, although they obviously know the medical prof- profession, they may not know the legalese of that necessarily because they're like looking at it like, well, we're trying to do what's good for the, you know, and they're trying to come at it from that side of it. So they just may not understand. And some of them are going to be dicks about it or whatever, and that's fine. But you just stand your ground and be a professional and, and, and let it get handled, you know? But don't, but Another, don't be bullied into it. That's what I would yeah, say. Yeah, one, one more example. And this happened a while back where, you know, we get called for um, a person that was pulled over. Uh, and they were basically, the cops pulled this person over because they, they, you know, they accidentally took the wrong exit somewhere. And they just, the cops thought something was up, so they pulled the person over anyway. Even though the person didn't do anything wrong, and the person's like the the basically it was like I'm just trying to go home, you know. I accidentally took the wrong exit, you know. And they're like, well, and they were basically like treating him like he did something wrong because they didn't know for sure what was going on. Sure. And it happened to be in a particular area that was highly secure. And so they happened to find what they thought was a questionable substance in his car and which then you know and they basically asked him what it was and he was just like why am i being detained this is ridiculous you know and and basically they had to kind of forcefully put him in cuffs so then of course they call us you know they want us to check him out and of course we get there and talk to the guy. What's up, man? What's going on? And he's like, oh, he was, he was Beyonce. I don't I don't know what the hell's going on. Cause I was going home. I accidentally took the wrong exit. I got pulled over by these cops. And, and now that's like, they're trying to treat me like I, I had something in my car and I don't have anything in my car. And, um, it's like, all right. And the guy was completely fine. It's completely with it. Nothing medically wrong with him. So then of course, the the, the head cop on the scene was like, I guess, talking to one of his superiors on the phone. And they were trying to say, because like, I'm at this point, I'm like, there's nothing medically wrong with them. We're going to clear your problem, not ours. And, um, right. and, um, and my partner comes to me, he's like, Hey, you might want to talk to the uh, officer in charge. I'm like, why? It's like, cause he's like, just, just trust me. You want to go talk to him? I'm like, all right. So I go talk to him and he's on the phone with one of his superiors. And he's like, He's like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try to force him to go to the hospital and, and get a blood test, and, and it's like, I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? And I I'm like, putting my hand across my neck, like, and I'm like, stop, stop. And he's like, he's like, he puts the phone down. And he says, what's up? I said, I said, you're gonna do what? He goes, well, because I'm giving him my 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 uh, computer to sign, you know, so I can leave the scene. He goes, he goes, well, we need you to take him to the hospital. I'm like, no, you don't. I'm like, why do you need me to take him? He goes, well, he he needs to go to the hospital to get a blood test. I'm like, um, you're going to force this man against his will to go get a blood test when he's not under arrest. I said, 
no damn way I'm taking him to the hospital. That's a you problem, not a me problem. I don't have that authority. Sign here. See you later. What am I signing? So I can leave the scene. You know, we've cleared this guy, nothing medically wrong. You know, yeah. just so that it's stuff like that where even certain cops may not know what can and can't be done. So just use your head. If something doesn't feel right or you know you don't have the authority to do something, don't do it. Period. That's all I got to say on that issue. Yeah. No, I think that's a I think that's a wrap on this episode, man. I think that's a good point. Um so use your head, be smart, learn your shit so you know what you're doing and uh make sure you're taking care of patients the correct way and you're not getting yourself in any hot water in the meantime. Exactly. All right, cool, man. Well, uh, then uh, let's get out of here, but also let's give a little shout-out to everybody here. Thanks for listening again. Um, if you have any questions, comment, concerns, or anything you want, talk sorry about on the, the next delays. show. Sorry for all the delays. Yeah, sorry for all the delays. That was on both our sides. Uh, I know for me, I was really busy with uh, a couple transactions, getting them through, and it got to be a nightmare with scheduling. We tried to do it, and I have to cancel. No, I'm, I mean, I legitimately <laughs> had like one of the I'm worst transactions I've been through, but whatever. Uh, we got it done, and that's cool. Um, but we'll get back to doing this more regularly, I promise. And um, if you have any show ideas, comments, concerns, paramedics unscripted at gmail.com, paramedics unscripted at gmail.com. Also, for Travis, we'll get your stuff out to you shortly. I do promise that we're in the means of working on that out right now. Um, and thanks again for writing in. And thanks everybody for listening. And until next time, Bobby, do you have anything else you want to add? No. All right, cool, man. Well, then let's get out of here. We'll see you next time on Paramedics Unscripted. <laughs>